Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. This is episode two of a very important conversation regarding the indoctrination of your children and the disembodiment of your children. What in the world does that mean? Well, today you're going to hear from some parents who sounded off in what turned into a almost six-hour Uh, Actually, it was over a six-hour space uh, last week. Uh, Coming up on a weekend that was uh, that uh, hosted an event in New York City that I was promoting on behalf of uh, radical feminists. You can believe it. We have something in common. It's called protecting our children, and we've been hearing from a mother, Gabrielle Clark who is one of the first, or she is the first, federal lawsuit uh, currently still dealing with uh, dismissal after after dismissal with regard to the discrimination of her son and CRT. Uh, Questions that came along with uh, the CRT indoctrination. And subsequently, or not even subsequently, but really simultaneously, I should say, while she's fighting this fight of the discrimination against her son, who is bi-ethnic, her daughter is being indoctrinated in the public school system to transition to a boy. And Gabrielle tells us about how, affectionately referred to as Gab, she tells us how she had to remove her child from the system in order to, as she refers to it, as recapture her daughter. And she has. It is a wonderful story of redemption. It is a story that is becoming more commonplace across the country in terms of parents whose children are now wanting breast binders and pocket pant fillers and and wanting to be boys and boys wanting to be girls and kids genuinely confused. And this is part of the entertainment and education and medical industrial complex. And if you missed yesterday's, please go back and listen to that. But today I want you to hear from parents who are sounding off about this, as well as former education administrators and teachers. Please remember to share this with those who would benefit from this, whether it's grandparents, parents, educators, administrators, law enforcement. Um, very important to really get into the into the heart, into the mind of what's really going on in your public and your private schools. Here's the thing. Here's what I find in my industry. Like, God bless Tucker and others, but it's like they highlight stories, Right. But is anyone really hosting a conversation? No. Right? And no. so that's what I want to do. 
I want to have more conversations because then you guys get to hear people who you may be sitting in this space right now going, that is as messed up as a football bat. Okay. And so, okay, fine. But so why, why is that messed up to you? What are your arguments? Like, don't stop there that it's stupid or it's just liberals, right? No, ask questions. And, and, and why, why do you think that's stupid? Well, is it because according to the word of God that you subscribe to, it says this, and this person just said something that's completely at odds with that. Okay, that's fine. But those are things that build your ability to have dialogue with someone you don't agree with without having to, you know, name call and character assassinate and cancel or just avoid them, avoid them altogether, which is where we are as a country. So I hope these conversations really inspire you guys or encourage you, you know, build your courage so that you can get into your own psyche, figure out why you, what you think, why you think the way you do about them. And when you bump up against people who have their own ideologies that are in complete stark contrast to yours, you can actually maybe find some common ground. I think, and, and it doesn't have to be common ground, but you ask people questions. Why do you think men are, we know men are physically stronger. I mean, my God, you guys, we got into a thing the other day in one of my spaces. What was it about abortion, right? Yeah, I don't even know. My God, these spaces take all kinds of twists and turns. It's like a roller coaster some days, but especially when I'm not on my show. But when we're just going for broken spaces, but we were talking about Roe v. Wade and uh, someone came in and it, it turned into a legitimate, like, you know, six hour ministry session of people, men, who were confessing that they had been part of abortions when they were younger, they're 50, they still regret it, they cry over it. Stories, stories that you guys are not hearing out in mainstream media in any way, shape, or form. Stories are important because stories connect us. Um, I think that we, you know, that's seriously what you just said, Monica, is precisely how what, how, and why we've gotten here. We've stopped listening to each other right. and we've started, we've let, we've let our uh, overlords tell us <laughs> that the statistics right. are what we should pay attention exactly. to. A I statistician agree. can alter anything right. to make it, to bend it to their will. Those numbers, those numbers can work magic. Right. So you listen to a statistician to, to, to tell you about society right. and then you're going to get, you're going to get a collapse. Uh, yeah. You need to hear. Well, it's kind of like there's, there's a lady in the space the other day with Tariq and, and she was citing all kinds of FBI statistics and Department of Homeland Security and, you know, that white supremacy and what, and, and white violence is like through the roof. And I'm like, okay, well, where are you getting your stats from? And, you know, in, in, on one hand, we need to do away. We need to defund the police, right? And then on the other hand, we're going to espouse and know verbatim incorrect stats uh, about, quote, white hate crimes that are completely disproportionate to what's actually going on out there. Uh, and so I thought it was interesting that it's like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. Um, do you believe that? Do you believe that's true? I mean, why, why would you believe those statistics uh, and then allow that to um, shape how you interact with white people or shape this how is, you this, vote. This is, let me tell you something. Seriously, there needs to be a resurgence of plain old, good old fashioned common sense. <laughs> you, you, there's, there's, a, there's a lack. 
there's a need. Yeah. There is a there's a deficiency. Amen. And girl. all of the very smart people have decided, well, okay, we got the <laughs> we're the experts. Y'all exactly. is nice. Right. We got the stats. We know what it is. You know. No. Right. You go talk to your neighbors. Right. You go talk to the people around the corner. If there's a freak in you know, living around the corner, y'all watch him. And if there's a criminal living around the corner, you report it. This this is how you, that's just plain old good old fashioned common sense. Right. If there's a man out there and he's in a dress and he's telling you that he's a woman, then you just say, no, you're not. Yeah. You know, we'll still, we'll still care about you. Sure. We'll still do, we'll still um, treat you like a neighbor, but you're not going to make me Live your kink, sir. Correct. Ma'am. Right. Well, listen, I feel super bad for people who have to go to a full-time job every day that are part of this adult daycare system. It's like the corporate, it's, it's corporate America's version of CRT, the diversity inclusion, which is really exclusion. It's like the super guilt committee, you know, and you got to go to work and deal with that. I'm like, no wonder our economy is completely flatlined and manufacturing has headed overseas. It's not only due to bureaucracy, it's because people go to school, I mean, go to work and, and basically have to bring their little lunch pails and they all have to line up and, and agree that they're awful because they're white. And it's like, who? Get browbeat every exactly. Day. Don't nobody want to get browbeat every day. And guess what? All of those businesses are starting to say, mm, you know what? Telling people that they're terrible was not good for work productivity. We're going to just tell them, live your life how you live it. We're going to live our life how we live it. And we're going to make our you know, there. I mean, Netflix is is has has you know uh, has done something really remarkable. I mean, they put out some really woke stuff, yeah. and they've had to come to grips with that and really, <laughs> you know, it, it hit a fever pitch. That's right. And they said, okay, we. That's we, right. You know, we're just we're just gonna do what we do, and if you don't like it, then maybe you need to find someplace else to work. Exactly. I mean, no hard is, feelings. Go woke and go broke is a is a thing. It's <laughs> it real. It is for real. Exactly. And the common sense in these boardrooms is starting to uh, is starting to uh, build as well. Yeah. People Amen. are tired of this. Thank the God. Disney, Disney collapsing. Yeah. Because people are tired of this. Well, people yeah, and they're grooming, and they're grooming people's kids. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Gary Upchurch, you still there, sir? Yes, ma'am. Hi, Monica. Thank you so much for giving me just a moment. I'm, I promise, I'm only going to take just a moment. Sure. But this is such a critical, critical issue that we're talking about. You know, and, and as a parent, as a grandparent, and soon to be a great grandparent. Thank God. Congratulations. I want to say that we don't need to be afraid to get engaged, you know? That's right. We need to understand that it's critical for us as parents and grandparents and whatever to get involved and set the standards of expectations for what we want in our culture. Right. You know, you know, we, we understand, all of us, I think, do, that there's a lot sometimes of a oftentimes of of physical abuse out there you know but even though there is physical abuse that does not does not change god's plan and and i speak from a biblical worldview sure uh, and somebody that's okay 
that's who I am, okay? But 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 that doesn't change God's plan for for what is going to work best for each of us as individuals and as families and in our culture. You know, there's a lot of games played. Uh, I'm a man, obviously, and and there's games played by men. Right. They use and use, but I can tell you this as well. There's a lot of games played by women as well. And we all need to step up and accept the responsibility for our failures and for the things that we're not doing that we should be doing to pull our world, our families, our kids together uh, in in ways that's going to help them. What's the number one thing you think uh, we should be doing? Well, first of all, I think parents need to accept the responsibility for being parents. We, as parents, as parents, we are not called to be our children's best friend. That's right. I, I, I love my children. Right. I am a friend to them. They come to me. I go to them. But that's because of the relationship that we have that I have set forth in the beginning that I am training them in the way that they should go according to their skills, according to their their giftings, sure. but according to the Word of God that says this is the path that you should follow if you're going to have a, 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 a happy, productive life in, a, in our world. And so, I mean, that's the number one thing. We've got to be, we've got to be parents of our children and stand up and fight for them. Hey, listen, we need to go to our board meetings, school board meetings. We've got to go and stand and say, this is what I believe. This is what I, I'm standing for. This is what I demand. And I'm an educator. Right. I'm a retired school teacher, school principal, uh, 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 director of curriculum. I've seen a lot of these things come through the world. So do you have any advice for people who may be um, educational administrators currently who are dealing with this madness? Uh, you know, the thing that I would do is the thing that I would say is this. As a school administrator, you have to stop thinking about what your board may be uh, demanding in, uh, for, for their personal reasons, but you need to adjust what the outcomes uh, for your kids, what the outcome expectations of your kids are in terms of the biblical world. And, and I know I'm, I'm kind of getting on, on loose ground here, but but we need, they need to step up and say, I am willing to stand up for my kids right. to ensure that they get the education that they need without the indoctrination that is coming across the world views here. Even if I lose my job, I'm going to stand for this. And until we get to the point where school administrators can step up and say, this is my stand because I know it's right. If I lose my job tomorrow, so be it. But this is what I'm going to fight for. Okay. Until we can stand up for that, we're losing our kids. Right. That's right. You know, something, right. something you said, Gary, is interesting, is that you said, you know, I'm not my kid's best friend. And the thing that jumped out at me about that is that that is a common, um, what would I call that? Not really a euphemism, but it's it's a common uh, uh, thought, right? That you'll hear amongst parents. Well, I'm not here to be your best friend. I'm here to be your parent. And I think I think a more 
appropriate uh, term or, or relationship according to term, would not be that I'm not your best friend. Actually, I am your best friend, and therefore, I'm not going to be your peer. Right? I, be, right. Because we act like peers. We, we act like we are equals on the landscape of parent and child offices. Right? And, and scripturally, they hold very distinct offices and positions within the hierarchy of God's kingdom. You've got parent and you have child, and one is supposed to be instructing the other. Now, we're all equal in Christ, right? But that's in the spirit. But when it comes to the hierarchy of how that thing works out here in the world, and who's defending whom, and who's teaching whom, and who's responsible to whom and for whom in that in that respective godly relationship, that dynamic, I think we really fall, we err, once we become our kids' peers, I think it's important to be your kids, uh, quote, I would consider Jesus my best friend, but I am under no grand illusions that we sit on, I may be seated in him, but he is still who he is in the hierarchy of the kingdom, and that is not me. <laughs> so That is so well said. I, you know, I, I think I will be very careful <laughs> the way I present my statements from now on. That's because, okay. No, it's fine. Oh, it's great. I get it. I totally get it, uh, and I know you understood as well. Sure. As far as being a best friend, but yeah. there is a hierarchy there that yeah. we have, as parents, understand is our responsibility. You know, and having dealt with many hundreds, probably thousands, yes, thousands of kids over the years, yeah, and, and being a, a principal and with parents whom I love, and you know, best times of my life. Sure. I'm, uh, you know, but, but but the truth is, the, the most difficult issues that I ever had as being a school administrator was dealing with a parent who considered themselves only a, a person who is going to uh, be a friend of their child instead sure. of being a parent. Right. When you try to work through those situations, it becomes very hard because the parent, the child then takes on the position of a parent who is trying to protect them in a situation where they should hold them responsible. That's right. And 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 that's so yeah. difficult. We yeah, need more we, people like you back in education, Gary. I bet you were really, really good at your job, sir. I loved it. I, I retired in 2005 from that yeah. a few years ago. And I'm, I don't know that I could make it now. I hear you. I loved my kids and I enjoyed speaking with parents. Yeah. <laughs> even, though had to, even though we had to mm, not come to blows, but, yeah. but you know, be yeah. challenged each other sometimes. And that's good. But we need strong administrators. Right. And that we're missing. And I want, to, I, I want to challenge one thing right now before I go. Yeah. I would like to challenge the parents at the point in time that, that, that uh, 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 board members, school board members, and superintendents in most states are elected. Some states they aren't. But but to stand up and go and be present at all those opportunities to present to the public and to your school boards right. the 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 demands, the needs, not just demands, the needs that you have sure. to support your kids sure. to ensure. They get the education that they need, and they don't get this 
vulgarity and this division that's occurring now in our society. Right. Good stuff. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you chiming in and thank you for your patience. And hey, thank you for your service to our kids. Yeah. And really to our country, you guys, if you are serving in the capacity of an administrator and or teacher, um, you know, you really are on the front lines of the country. Uh, and so that is no joke. Uh, I have friends who do that for for the life of me. I'm like, why would you, okay, you must really love kids. Uh, but man, talk about being subjected to a system. Um, all right, Gabs, we got some other folks. You good? I'm good. Okay, cool. All right, let's go to, uh, let's go to Miss Heather. Hello, beautiful. How are you? I'm fine, lovely. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. Thank you. Um, I have a couple of things and I'm going to try to be brief because I don't want to take up too much time. I want to touch back on what uh, Jay Thomas said. You said, um, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, when you're sitting in a room and you completely, it's polar opposite um, positions with regards to, Um, thoughts and ideas. And when it comes to feminism, for me, my father and my mother raised me with the mindset that I could do anything. It it didn't matter if I had a penis or I had strong muscles or, or anything like that. It was you, you can do anything you want to do, or you set your mind to. And I have outperformed males in every single career that I have ever had. I have earned more money than my children's father in every single job that I have ever held. But he's stronger than I am. I do not view myself as a victim to him. I don't view myself as a victim to anybody. If I want something, I'll work for it. If I don't get, if I don't get what I want, I work harder. Like it's, I don't, I think we oftentimes, especially females have a really bad habit of being like, well, I'm a girl. So it's just not as easy for me because because men are stronger. No, they're not. They perhaps physically, but, but you have the ability and, and it's a a matter of exercising it. So I I just want to like, at least position myself from a different perspective than what she did. I'm not attacking her personally. Sure. Sure. Um, I do want to touch on this trans, um, indoctrination thing, uh, real quick, just because I'm dealing with it in my personal life right now. So my niece is 12 years old. My daughter is 10 years old and my brother and, and my niece's mother were at one point together. They're not anymore. So she's being raised in two separate households right now. And my, my brother is very Christian, very, you know, straight laced kid, and I, I say kid, he's like 30 years old, but right. he's still my brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. Um, so um, straight laced guy, you know, he, he doesn't play into all of this stuff, I guess is the best way I know how to word it. And then my, what I guess could be deemed former sister-in-law, she is married with two children and gender queer and She's married to a man who she has a, another child, so Claire's half-sibling with. And it's, it's this very odd situation that she's being, um, and, and it's her own mother that's indoctrinating her. Oh. And my daughter got invited to her birthday party. So Claire has changed her name from Claire to Cedar, and like the tree. Yeah. And she is identifying as gender fluid. So some days she might be a girl, some days she might be a boy. It just depends. And 
you know, so I sat my daughter down before we went over for this birthday party because this birthday party was going to be with all of Claire's friends. My daughter and I, I sat down with her and I'm like, this might be a little bit, you know, uncomfortable for you. Some things might be discussed that you're unaware of. Let's sit down and have a little bit of a conversation about this first, just to make you aware of some things that are going on. Right. She gets to this birthday party and there's probably six girls. So you're only talking about a two to three age difference between my daughter and these other children. And she gets there and they they look at her and start laughing and they're like, how does it feel to be a straight person at a gay party? And it's oh, like this wow. instant thing, like they were making her feel isolated and alone. And um, to give just a little bit more background, these kids are all what in I, it, when I was in high school, they would have been maybe like the loners or okay. the. Sure. Like the artsy kind of geeky kids, you know, that yeah. kind of keep them keep apart from everyone else. And not that there's anything wrong with them, just people that probably would have been a little bit outcast from the jocks and the preps. Yeah, and, you know, they weren't on homecoming court. Right. Correct. Okay. And so um, what it appears to me is happening is rather than this being, as you stated, an actual medical condition of gender dysphoria. This is becoming a trendy, how can we as the outcast create a collective that then utilizes our position as a group to bully other individuals? That's right. And so my daughter is at this party. They ended up making her cry. And so she's in the bathroom with me. And if it hadn't been my knees, I mean, we would have been out of there in like 0.5 seconds. So I'm torn between teaching my daughter to be respectful of another person's decision while also protecting my daughter and, you know, not forcing her to discuss or play a part in something that she's not comfortable with. And so she's standing in the bathroom and she looks at me and she goes, mama, that boy said, blah, blah, blah. And I said, there's a boy here. And like, it's because I hadn't been in the room where these kids were. And Ainsley looks at me exasperated and throws her arms up and she's like, they're all boys. Like she just doesn't, you know, they're, they're all females that are, are identifying as males. So she's just so lost and confused. She's like, mama, what is asexual? Like, what does, what does that even mean? And I'm like, it doesn't matter, kid. I'm like, just go in there, hug your cousin, give her her present and we'll go home. You know, it's just like, and and so So how did you handle the conversation overall? Um, inside, of course, I'm like seething because you've got these kids who are older than my daughter making her feel bad because she doesn't identify as something different than what she was born. Like it's as if she is an outcast for being normal. So when we got home, you know, I had a, a, a long conversation with Ainsley about a lot of this. And I said, honey, if you are not comfortable with it, and it's not something that you want to participate in, we do not have to do it anymore. You you and Claire can have, you know, one-on-one encounters with one another. You do not have to do stuff with her friends anymore if that makes you uncomfortable. So did you ever address the male, the the girls who are pretending to be boys aspect? Okay. Yes. And I, you know, and she, she said, but they're not boys. And I said, you're right. They are not, you know. And so biologically, I explained to her, um, that that's, that 
that they may want to pretend to be something different because that's what they're comfortable with. Sure. But you don't have to do that. If you want to be a girl, you are a girl. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's how that conversation went. But to, to kind of set the Ainsley conversation aside, my brother and I had a conversation, just the two of us. And apparently, um, his ex is trying to like put binders on Claire oh, yeah. when, where she won't develop into a female. And, and my brother's like, the fuck you are, you right. know, like, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Monica. Right. No, I, I, hear you. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> um, uh, listen, I get it. <laughs> so yeah. I get it, but thank you. Yeah, I get it. So I anyway, it. I just, I, it's not, and we live just to give just an ounce more of perspective. We live in a very, very rural part of Indiana. Like population in that school system is maybe in the high school, maybe 500 to 600 kids. Like it's a very small. Wow. Area. Yeah. Yeah. So just, so for, for you all who think you're safe, because you're not in the concrete jungles. Welcome to reality. Wow. Yeah, there's nowhere that's safe. No. There is nowhere no. that's safe. Because, no. you know, and and when you're when you're when you're going into that kind of environment and you I mean, I've been talking about all of this stuff on Twitter and and I've been creating these threads explaining how I pulled my daughter out of this cult. And once we get to a, once, once I'm able to finish the process, I'm going to add an additional uh, step, an additional phase called inoculation. Because, because there's, there's too many parents that are, have young enough children where this has not started to affect them yet. Right. And you need to know how to inoculate your children against this. Because it's coming and it's, I mean, and, and until parents, until, until parents start to realize that this is not a coming out situation, That's this right. is an indoctrination Correct. nation. Thank you. you. This is not the same thing as, as coming out. Okay. There, I mean, this is not that this is, this is people that are completely and totally captured by a social contagion. They are c- captured by a cult. And if you if you if you can't inoculate yourself against it, then you are going to have a devil of a time trying to get rid of it once it comes into your home. And you're talking, and this is me t- telling you this. Okay, yeah. I am no saint. Not even a little bit. I have, I am taking all of my experience and all of my misspent youth. And, and I'm not even telling you, I'm not even telling you that you should, you know, that you should be living any, any kind of, you know, uh, extreme, extremely religious or even extremely moral lifestyle. What I'm telling you is, is to not get captured by a cult. You, I mean, you could, you know, you don't have to subscribe to cult belief and cult 
um, behavior and, and being captured by this cult. And you can still maintain your lifestyle the way you choose it without, without being captured by this cult. I still smoke and drink and misbehave. <laughs> I'm still myself. But I don't, you know, and if my daughter were trans, then I would 100% allow her to, to uh, and support her in it. But I know she's not. Right. Right. She's captured. That's different. Right. Heather, I, you know what? That is a harrowing story. Good grief. It, but you know what's sad is that I bet you there are thousands of stories just like this. And I got to tell you, my husband died. Like in Gabs, you are a widow as well. And so, but my husband died like 23 years ago. And I look around at what some of y'all have to deal with in divorce world. And I'm like, death is easier. I mean, and I don't say that lightly. I mean, I can't even believe what you all have to contend with right now. It used to be just, you know, they were jack legs about money or property or time or someone had a crazy girlfriend they had to deal with. Now your brother has to deal with, you know, a wife who now, since our judiciary is completely compromised on top of everything, you know, now whenever you go to family court, if you show up talking about, well, I'm a Christian exercising my exercising, applying my First Amendment right to actually practice my faith, and this is my child, and she is being indoctrinated, right? You better hope you end up with a judge that appreciates and honors and respects your First Amendment rights. But and sadly, in this day and age, good luck with that. So, well, uh, actually, our, our, it's the, the, in the court, oof. the parental rights almost supersede you know, your, your for, the 14th Amendment almost supersedes the First Amendment. So it is very difficult when you're talking about what, because that's the, that's where the real problem is coming. Because, you well, know, because none of it matters. Parents, yeah, one parent's religious right, right almost can't supersede the other parent's. Um, parental right. You understand what I'm saying? I do. So, I do. If it, one parent has custody, then and that parent gets to make medical decisions, then the other parent's religious right is not compromised, is not uh, considered. So, so you're. I mean, it. You're the judges really are stuck between a rock and a hard place on this one. So you better make sure that ex-wife don't get captured. <laughs> or ex-husband don't get captured because this happened on both. I, I've heard both, you know, areas. There have been some husbands that have been completely captured in the, in the, you know. So, I mean, it's happening on it's both sides. You know, y'all need to get together when you divorce. If you, if you, if that's the way you have to go, if you have to get divorced, you better get with ex and say, hey, look, we're, we can agree to disagree. Let's just agree to let them decide when they turn 18. That's right. At the very least. Right. Let that happen. And put it in writing. Because and put it in writing. You know, exactly. You get it in writing. Get everything that's in writing. Right. <laughs> I mean, I say, like there is a huge bright light shining on the situation. I, I mean, I guess it is. Um, she got into an altercation with her new husband, um, and CPS got involved, interviewed my niece and her sibling, and CPS reached out to my brother and said, we advise that you immediately get in touch with your attorney and request 
custody of your daughter. Praise the so Lord. It's bad enough that CPS getting involved has now recommended that my brother be the sole. Um, wow. Sole so, so to good to know CPS is doing something I right. How that is. I know. Right. Like I never enjoy the government getting involved. You know me, Monica. Right. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay. I love you so much. Love Thanks you too. For Thanks girl. Thanks for sharing that. Oh my gosh. What a nightmare. That is an eye opener. And I'm sure there are literally, like I said, thousands of parents who are, and if you're not going through it, you're probably scared to death that your ex is going to be just wacky about this stuff. And uh, who knows, but you're going to have to contend with all this stuff somehow. I mean, we are just, again, we're a little bit of a hot mess. Um, Okay, let me go over to Josh. Hi, Monica. Thanks. Uh, Enjoying the conversation. Uh, I have a couple points to make with respect to this topic here. Um, When we, there's a lot of things. I think there isn't a consensus on this phenomenon as of yet. And a lot of that has to do uh, with poor communication. And this poor communication comes as a result of a whole bunch of things uh, from my perspective. Okay. Um, One, just based on a conversation that I had with my parents uh, last yesterday, they're completely unaware of um, how this particular movement expresses itself inside the institutions. I have a nephew, they have a grandson. And that was sort of what we were talking about because the grandson had said, oh, I feel a certain way. I might be pregnant. He's eight years old. So, <laughs> you know. Hold on, what? So I, what? I'm uh, sorry, what? Well, hold on. Can you repeat that? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I wasn't there, but my sister told my mom that my nephew had said, you know, he was feeling sick. He thinks he might be pregnant. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys. I mean, this, you can't even make this stuff up. It is insane. Yeah, I saw that on the Disney channel. It was a pregnant man on there last night. I don't know that. That's, I'm just what? Saying. Okay. So I'm sorry for those of you in YouTube and Twitterverse. You just saw my face whenever he said that. And I can't hide anything on my face unless I really try. But you caught me way off guard with that. So how are they handling this? What in the world? I'm not... I'm not entirely sure how they're handling it. We had the conversation yesterday. I'll have to follow up with my sister in a sort of um, circular way because she's a product of the institutions of which um, sort of, I wouldn't say advocate, but inspire, um, you know, uh, radical uh, takes in this field. So I, my sister is about my nephew sort of finding himself type of uh, rhetoric, if you will. I don't know what that means, but she seems to allow a lot of this to happen. Well, it sounds like she's probably going to purchase him like a menstrual kit, like very soon. I mean, well, seriously, I mean, here he is. Like, I think I'm going to, I'm going to have my period and listen, y'all think I'm kidding right now, but there is a school system and I cannot, if you remember, put it on up here on YouTube or wherever you are or shout it out, but, uh, look it up. But there is a school system that is now putting tampons in boys bathrooms. I mean, so this poor kid doesn't know whether he's coming or going and and she's like, well, I'm just going to let you figure it out. Can you imagine the generation of people that when, when they finally wake up 
And they're like, what in the living hell? How were we abandoned to this crazy? Look, if y'all going to school right now, you need to go to school to either become a minister of the gospel or go ahead and get your shrink card because your industry is going to be booming in about it's 10 years blow, from now. Blow up. Blow all the way up. Exactly. Let me tell you something. Crazy. That, that what you're talking about right there with the, with the tampons in the bathrooms? Okay, let's, let me tell you how bad it really is. In the state of Oregon, the governor has just mandated that uh, menstrual support be offered in every school from kindergarten to 12th grade. Kindergarten? That means that in boys' bathrooms for kindergartners, there's going to be tampons. I would love to see the water bill of these and the plumber bill. Because you know what? It's going to be tampons all in the sink. Because uh, boys are going to be boys. boys. Yeah, because boys are going to still be boys. That's right. You know? Amen. Uh, and and, and why, how in the world does this, I mean, in this lunacy, in this lunacy, you've got, you know, the, what do they call it? A menstrual, menstrual, uh, menstrual support or whatever it's called in Oregon that they're, that they're doing this. They're going to start implementing this next school year and they're going to start having these tampons just in the boys bathroom, just in case they have some trans kids who use the male bathrooms. But what, 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 what is a first grader doing? What is a first grade male right. person doing with the period? Right. That needs a tampon. Right. Um, you What's know, a first grade girl who thinks she's yes. a boy doing what, with a menstrual cycle? Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is bizarro world. And this is what you're, this is what you're looking at. I, I actually Crazy. spent pretty much the, the majority of last night looking for groups that were working with, with people in Oregon. And I can tell you it ain't many. And, and of those groups, they don't have a very big, um, a, a very big, um, following and so you know a lot of this stuff is allowed to be um un- is allowed to pass unchallenged because right. you know parents first of all they we've still we're still in this we want to be inclusive we don't want to be um exclusionary and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings you are gonna let these people politely roll over you yep. and politely um, run over you and trample all over your civil rights. That's right. We've we've got other we've got other children who are now be or who are now having to defend a lawsuit against them for misgendering another student. Can I, can I, can, you know what, can I, I, I'm going to throw this out here and I'm probably going to get in a whole world of trouble for it, but Gabs, you, I, I, I need you to speak to this. Okay. Because for all the grief, the black community gets for a lot of things. I mean, if we're just being honest, okay. I would love to see the numbers on how many black kids are dealing with this versus, because I got to, listen, all the black families I know, including my late husband's family, I wish somebody would come home talking about my child is uh, feeling menstrual-like and he's a boy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, what? What's happening in Hollywood? 
You see that it happened in Hollywood. Gabrielle Union got both them men's balls. This, <laughs> this ain't. This is not something that you're seeing in regular old black families. Right. Because regular old black people are not, you know, accepting this. Your kid wants to be gay, fine, let him be gay. If your kid wants to be a lesbian, fine, let her be a lesbian. We'll go watch chicks together. That's what a dad would say in the black community. You're but you're, about but that. you're not going to you're not going to see a whole bunch of uh, black families just saying okay. Just to rolling over. No, you're not. You you're not. You I, I can tell you you Mm-mm. certainly ain't gonna see it with a ma- with a, a black mother and a black father and their godparent. You ain't gonna see that at all. No. You may see a single woman who who right. she got it and I'm superwoman and I can do it all by myself. You'll see that woman. Who might have a trans child, right. a trans, a, a a a boy that's trans? You know what I'm saying? Right. But you're not gonna see that in a black community. Mm-mm. And I would this, I would, I would say this is one of the reasons why I started going into some of these different areas that I'm not exactly, um, that I'm not exactly a hundred percent in, you know, congruent with okay. their ideas. Right. Right. Because this is bigger than that. Sure. You know, I am not a red femme. I still wear aprons even when and heels even when there's no man around because I want to get a man one day and I still need to practice, right? But practice makes I, perfect, you know, girl. Yes, I'm. I'm still going to. You know, I like you, like, Gabs. Let me let me ask you something. That. So I bet you that means that you shave your legs on a regular basis too, even though there's every not a man. Every single day. Hello. Every single See, day. I'm high fiving you. We I'm are not sisters. trying to get caught not being as sexy as possible <laughs> so that when the man that really wants to take care of my uh my trifling yay they'll they'll be ready and so will I. I'm gonna make sure that I'm hundred percent ready when he whenever he shows up. There's gonna be food cooking. You gonna come in my house this it's gonna be smelling good. It's gonna smell good. It's you better come hungry. Because that yay, you know? But but li- listen so I said, just like I reached out to the Rad Fems, okay, yes, and this yes. is Jay Thomas's event that we're going to. This oh, ain't okay. my event. I'm a guest. I'm a guest. Okay. I'm a guest. This is wait, this Jay is Thomas, her as event. in the lady who just spoke to us a few yes. moments ago. Okay, well she's yes. back in the queue, yes. so let me add her back again. Yes, that's <laughs> okay. Her. That's okay. Her event. Oh, awesome. You know? I, well, okay. That's Jay Thomas's event. Okay, that's her event. hold that, hold that thought, so, Gabs. Let, let me let yeah. um, where'd he go? Because we we don't ran all I'm over right Josh. Here. Josh. Josh is like, yeah. oh lord, we got two Being women. <laughs> all right, thanks, uh, Josh. Well, okay, go okay, ahead. I'll, fin- I'll finish my point because first of all, um, I wouldn't if if a child was expressing those types of uh, attitudes yeah. or those types of statements in a different climate, then I wouldn't. I would sort of trust it as maybe just an expression of growing up type of thing. But when we hear the stories that we've been hearing this afternoon, um, where the title of this room is indoctrination, let's presume that that's occurring. um, Then you would have to probe that particular, uh, you know, revelation from a child a little bit deeper to, I would want to know who the teacher is. um, And I, and I would like to have this conversation. I think, uh, you know, uh, parent teacher night is extremely important uh, moving forward. Sure. Uh, the, the big cure, I wouldn't even now I would say that maybe more cocky. I haven't looked at the data, yeah. Monica, but 
let's say maybe more Caucasian kids uh, are trans than than other other uh, ethnicities. Let's say this, but is does does that? I wonder. I wonder if it's all coming from a similar source. Meaning, all right, let's say African American kids aren't trans, but they could be something else that okay. may be as radical as that. Okay, right. I think a lot of it comes down to uh, what's called, and a really good book on this is um, Jonathan Haidt's Coddling of the American Mind. Okay. Phenomenal book. Uh, he's talking about um, institutional in, uh, institutional disconfirmation. Okay. Throughout the 20th century, American educational institutions always had a two to one liberal to conservative uh, professor ratio. And when you have that level of, of, of uh, disparity, if you will, mm-hmm. it's enough to sort of um, certify balanced conversations about topics. Um, in humanities right now in America, it's 10 liberal professor, professors to one conservative professor. Wow. And the product of that is uh, groupthink. If you don't mm-hmm. have... Um, representatives from each side presenting views, then everyone starts thinking the same way. And there's a lot of different trickle down effects from that as well. And I see that in a lot of, of subject matters, where this overabundance of, of liberals uh, as teachers in these institutions, are um, le- it's leading to groupthink. So I, I wonder, um, I wonder if as parents, you can inspire your child to um, find meaning in different subject matters like science or trades or, you know, geography, you know, traditional new, maybe, I don't know, whatever you want to call them old school subject matter that is just kind of like empirical and try and inspire your child to have, uh, find meaning through that. Whereas now it seems like kids are going through a meaning crisis and these teachers are sort of not inspiring them to love other subjects sure. as much as, you know, they would love, you know, humanity's subject. That's my way of explaining it. Good stuff. Thank you. And thank you for your patience. I appreciate you. And uh, thanks for adding to the uh, conversation. Um, you, can't no de- you can't get no job in humanities. That's a, Let me tell you something. If that ch- if we need to stop having, we need to stop institution our universities from having all of the all of this availability for social for social sciences that you can't go out and get no job for um you know i mean or you because part of this part of this and 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 that goes for indoctrination in all of its forms right part of this is that all of these consultants have have written their books and now they're charging Google some money to go and, sure. and, you know, train up all your train up all your white folks that they're, you know, that they're too privileged and train up all your black folks that they're, you know, that they are owed something. And now it's making a mess. Right. And, you know, this is when we're talking about universities and and um, and, you know, our higher learning institutions. Especially as especially as it pertains to uh, social sciences and um, education. Those two have been completely and totally captured. And we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, the, we're the ones who are suffering 
Yeah. For that. And our children are the ones who are suffering for that. Well, that's all yeah. also part of the geopolitical war landscape. So, I mean, they've hijacked our higher learning educate our institutions with that exact. You know, I could tell you this: the Asian population on most of your campuses are not studying uh, humanities to this degree. Uh, so we're talking science, we're talking technology, uh, we're talking things that, you know, make the world go around like, uh, technology and manufacturing, um, and it, uh, you know, things that we are way behind. I mean, we, we have, we have in certain cities in Atlanta, this was the case, not too, and not in the too, uh, distant past where we were graduating kids who couldn't read from high school. We're still doing that. Yeah. It's we're still doing that all over horrid. the country. Horrid. We're still doing it all over the country. Okay. And, you know, it, that needs to stop. I agree. That needs to stop. All right. I've got a few more folks who want to come up and speak, and I am going on a little over two hours on my show. I'm going to reset for just a minute. Gabs, don't go anywhere. Uh, stay right there. So, okay, guys. Um, if you're just joining us and you are in my Twitter spaces, welcome. If you would like to contribute to this conversation, I encourage you to do so. There is an event coming up this weekend that Gabs is going to talk more about, and I would imagine Jay Thomas is as well since it's her event, and I did not realize that, called Stop the Indoctrination, Let Kids Be Kids. Play is not a symptom. Innocence is not a disease. I love it. It's this Sunday, New York City, Stop the Indoctrination pro, uh, Protest. And, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of, um, I have it on my Twitter feed. You guys can click on the app. You can contribute to the cause as well. Um, why would you join this? Super simple. Uh, the flyer says it's time to protect children from adult sexuality. If you can't agree with that, something's wrong with you. Uh, gender dysphoria is alleviated once puberty is completed for 80% of preteen children. 98% of children who use puberty blockers will go on to take cross-sex hormones. There is no compelling evidence that gender-affirming medical intervention, and I have lost the bottom of my page, but I would imagine it goes on to say that uh, it does not do anyone any good, as this particular rabid community would have you believe. Um, and I would imagine once you start down the road of attempting to hold an actual conversation with some of these guys who are for this, uh, you'll find that they're a lot like uh, the people who were burning down your cities in the summer of love. Uh, the people who have been paid actors in order to really take the country down. Um, and that's what's happening from the inside out. And this is exactly what you do. You cause... Uh, you know, complete uh, uh, tectonic uh, upheaval in your culture, in your belief system. And as a leader in the church, it's grievous because I feel like a lot of this falls on us because we could have and we should have um, been focusing more on applying and bringing the liberating truth of Jesus Christ to the world which has nothing to do with confusion. And it educates people to the wiles of confusion and of a very real enemy that is really not the person standing next to you. It's Ephesians 6 and 12. And so we, we say that we're warring not against flesh and blood, but you could look at anyone's Twitter feed, including mine, 
and and see that it really does feel like we are up against some very fleshy, you know, uh, demonic activity that does work itself out in other people, right? But um, it is time to defend uh, our children for sure. So please make sure if you are in the area or you can get to it, um, this is an event that you would want to partake in. And if you have, if you have friends who are in the New York area, uh, this would be a great opportunity to share this with them as well. And, uh, I'm going to move on to a couple of other, uh, of my, uh, of my quote sponsors. Um, some of you have reached out to me in great despair recently, like freaking out. What do I do? What's going on with the economy? Well, first of all, the stock market is not always an indicator of our economy, but it is an indicator and a great barometer of fear of how people feel about everything and just exactly how manipulated we are right? So here's something that is rarely as manipulated as your stock market, and that would be precious metals. So monicamatthews.com backslash gold co. You can inquire. Someone will return your call. You know, it's not going to be like a a visit from the Girl Scouts or the Jehovah's Witnesses every day. These people are going to call you back and answer your questions, and uh, you're either in or you're out. It's, you know, no pressure, but it's, to me, it is where I would prefer to put my hard-earned IRAs, uh, my 401ks, my savings. Um, I do not, I've been hashtagging silver for a little over a year and you all, you all ask me why. And that's why speaking of men, toxic masculinity, here's something toxic men who run around with crusty feet, right? Well, here's one way to avoid that. <laughs> Mypillow.com, uh, use my name, my code to bless your family, right? BOGO is going on right now. So you're getting like a ton of discount for dad, for dad, for your boyfriend, for men. A lot of men like to run around in slippers, right? And so I noticed, though, they don't go to Walmart and theirs as much as women do, but men do use them. So Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A. Uh, and plus, I love to support American businesses and people who have, uh, you know, been threatened by the cancel culture. Uh, Mike Lindell is definitely a champion of, uh, of having to overcome that. Also, your health is very important. ZStackLife.com backslash MM. That is where you can take your health into your own hands. So something I love about Dr. Zelenko, besides the fact that he's like a faithful Orthodox Jew, which I love, um, but he's also a beloved uh, practitioner of medicine. He loves people. He cares for people. He is trusted. Uh, he is noteworthy and notable. And he's someone that I would trust to put my name to with his products. So for those of you who are freaked out about the next round of COVID or what do we do or who, right? This little treaty that's completely illegal that's coming down through the World Health Organization. Well, one way to subvert having to lean on the government for any type of health assistance is to take your health into your own hands. And one way you can do that is by supplementing uh, in order to uh, get yourself into a position of homeostasis. Now, I'm not a doctor. Don't even pretend to be one on this show. So consult with your physician before you take anything or get off of anything for sure. But zstacklife.com backslash mm. All right, guys, thank you for joining me. As you can see, we have parents who are engaged, administrators who are engaged. You are not alone. Tomorrow, you are going to hear from a parent who has transitioned his daughter, who is 16, from a girl to a boy, from a daughter to a son. Is that possible? We'll learn more tomorrow. Thank you for joining me. Be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. Remember to share, share, share. And if you're an American, act like one.